So here's the real mystery. How do regular folks like you and me, who have families and real lives, who have careers and regular nine to fives, really fare in the personal finance game? Why are some hugely successful while others fail miserably time and time again? Those are the glaring questions, and this podcast will give you the answers. This is Empower You Financial with Eva Palacios. All right, and welcome to another episode of Empower You Financial with Eva Palacios. I am your host, Charles McGill, and I'm so excited to join you guys today. Uh, Before we get started, we got to make sure that the credit boss, aka credit coach, is in the building. Miss Palacios, are you in the building? Yes, I am. And today is a good day. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I'm so glad to hear it. Um, Once again, we've had like, you know, a meeting before the meeting. Uh, nice long <laughs> conversation. <laughs> uh, appreciate it though. She, uh, Eva was helping me out with some things, but um, so I, you know, so I'm glad you're having a good day. I'm having an okay day. Um, <laughs> it is getting better. It is getting better. Um, but yeah, it's no still that time. It's still light out. We can that's make it right. work. It is. It is. That's right. Recording it is still daytime right now. Uh, for those. <laughs> <laughs> who, who listen to this later? Um, yeah, no, but you know, things things are things are, are picking up. Um, just doing a lot of reflecting. Um, I want to say, uh, give a shout out to Eva uh, real quick uh, because uh, in a couple of weeks it will be uh, my birthday, and yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I have planned on celebrating it. Um, you know, by you know taking myself and, and my wife to a little, you know, small little mini vacay and. Um, and I told Eva about it and, you know, we kind of talked about it. And then a couple of days later, uh, she checked in and was like, hey, where are we at with that uh, vacation? <laughs> and I'm oh, like, yeah. Give me a reason to plan a vacation. Let's go. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I don't know, you know. And so I appreciate you kind of, you know, pushing me to, to make the plans and get it done. Because here's the thing. Um, I will say um, that, I, you know, as far as I could tell, you know, I did it the right way. I've been saving. Um, putting a little money uh, to the side, ten percent exactly, uh, to the side for uh, you know a little bit, and um, was able to save enough up for the vacation. Like literally, had a separate account. I actually created a a, a new savings account that only is for vacation, family vacations, and you know gifts and things like that. And it had it has the money in it. And when it got to me pulling the trigger, I just was like, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh talk to Eva. Eva's like, if you don't hurry up and do this and gave me some really good perspective, basically, you know, um, you know, that I did all the right things. I need to go ahead and reward myself. So I appreciate that push. And even to the point where you were uh looking at flights for me, I was like, I can't have her <laughs> doing this. Let me just go ahead and get this done. <laughs> you know, we need these types of people in our lives, but I no, like I don't even try to give me all the credit. Guys, <laughs> Charles calls me and he's like, I gotta ask you a question. And I'm like, oh, am I in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, okay, so I'm thinking about doing something for my 40th. And I wanna take, you know, I wanna take a trip and I want it to be special, but I wanna make sure it's a good money move. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Are you calling me to like literally 
justify whether or not you should celebrate your 40th birthday with the money that you've been saving on top of the other savings you already have. I'm like, Charles, what did I say? Tell the audience, what did I say (laughs) when I said, if you're going to spend money, what are my rules? Yes. If I spend money, what are my rules? It was, is it going to make me money back or is it going to create a memory? Exactly. Exactly. And given it's the 40th birthday, I'm like, oh, yes, you best believe you are getting out of here and (laughs) celebrating and yeah, I was like the next day. So uh, how we are with that itinerary? <laughs> he was like, well, you know, I don't think it's a good time <laughs> talking himself out of this thing that yeah. one, 40th birthday, two, saving money, three, grinding really hard. I'm like, boy, hold on. Let me open up my apps and let me plan. <laughs> some, let me get some flight prices. We're going to do this. <laughs> yeah, no, I really appreciate it. And um, we got it done. Uh, my wife is like, wow, that's the fastest uh, that I've ever booked a vacation because she was sitting right next to me because um, I knew what I wanted. I knew, you know, what we, we need to do. We we actually were really excited. This is, you know, should be should be pretty cool. Um, I'm I'm actually really happy that I, that we made the decision to do it and, you know, got um, got a sitter for our boys and um yeah. So thank you. Thank you for that. And, um, and it just, it's funny because like just a few months ago, I couldn't imagine us, you know, actually doing this. And the thing is, it's not like we're doing it. Like, this is not like credit. This is not like borrowed money. This is literally just me, you know, being disciplined and putting the money aside, um, you know, and just staying, staying true to it. And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, when it's time to, um, you know, to reap the benefits, it's there. And it's, it's just amazing, right? It's just an amazing, yeah. um, when you, when you're intentional about your money and you, you start to think about, um, how to set it up, um, yes. you know, how it can reward you. So thank you for that. Wanna- and, and when you have a partner that is on the same wavelength that is contributing to those good money habits, it's super duper helpful. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think in this situation, um, you know, to my wife's credit, she she allows me to uh make all the money decisions. So it's just it's just on me. You know, it's it's on me. Um I do I make all the decisions. It's you know, um she sees it all, she has access to it all, but um well almost most of it. <laughs> and then <laughs> <laughs> not, not not that account in the Cayman yeah. Islands though. <laughs> uh but you know, hey, it's 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 open for her. Uh there's no there's nothing hidden from her. Yeah. Um and and you know, but she trusts me and I appreciate that. And um yeah, you know, and it's funny because um yeah, I, while I appreciate that um that kind of trust that she has and um that we're able to to, to celebrate together, it kind of made me think about what we're gonna talk about today. Um, which is, <laughs> um, which is actually, you know, couples and, and money, you know, like, and, yeah. and, and how do we kind of do this thing together or separately or, you know, how do we do it? And, and here's, here's the, some of the backstory, because I was thinking about this from last episode. Um, you know, I had mentioned that I had filed at some point I'd filed uh, bankruptcy. Yep. And the reason why I did that was because the result of a divorce that I had in my twenties. Um, and, you know, 
like some some people may be wondering, like, why did you have to file for bankruptcy just because you got a divorce? Well, the reason why is because when we first started, we didn't know anything about credit. We didn't know anything about anything. But since we were married, we did everything together, like everything, like, you know, every every account, every thing that was open was open in both our names as, you know, co-signers, right? Um, and so when we um, decided to, you know, no, no longer be married, uh, she made certain decisions. And for whatever reasons, uh, she decided to, you know, file bankruptcy. Um, and because everything was also in my name, um, I got a letter, you know, <laughs> stating that I was now responsible for all of the debt. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> Even though it was in both our names, we had split up certain things. Like, you know, certain things were obviously were more her, certain things were more me. Like, you know, we had two cars, we had different things. So even though my name was on the car, I didn't drive that car, never used that car. And when we separated, that was her car. Um, and same thing with certain credit cards, you know, certain things were just her, certain things were just mine. But when we split up, because everything was in everyone's name, um, when she made a decision for whatever reason, this is not any fault or blame or anything bad about her, but just she made the decision um, that she felt was best for her and was to file bankruptcy. It all fell on me. Mm-hmm. And when it all fell on me, it was like, uh, I can't pay for all this. And so, you know, I had to <laughs> if make If it were the, me, I'd be like, I ain't paying for all this. This is your mess. <laughs> well, the thing was, there was no fighting it because, yeah. you know, the decision had already been made on yep. the other side. The creditors were, you know, like, it's your responsibility. You know, you're going to have to eat this thing. You're the only one left that they can come after. That's it. Yeah. And so I made the tough decision to go ahead and file myself. Um, so, you know, now second round <laughs> of marriage. <laughs> I'd say it like that. Um, but, we're doing it better this time. Yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> start over, redo. <laughs> so Do over. That's right. <laughs> so, but now it's like I'm kind of curious as to like you know how how to best um, you know set this up. And the reason why I think is I think a lot of people probably are wondering the same thing. You know, either they've gone through something similar or. Um, I know that you've had some some clients that have expressed some um, situations that are you know, a little complicated when it comes to couples. Yeah. You want to share some of those things so people understand kind of like where we're coming from with this? Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it's so funny because I had a session. Actually, all of my sessions this week have been couples related credit money sessions. and um, And I'm just like, I was 17 when I got with my husband, my now husband, like we were together before credit started. (laughs) So when we learned this whole credit thing, like we learned together, but it was because I was surrounded by the right information that we did it very strategically. And, um, and, and long story short, you got to have these conversations. Like I could only, it's crazy because I'm like, okay, I've been with him for so long. Like if I were to go out on a date, I would be like, what's your credit score? (laughs) Like, what do people talk about when they go out on dates or when they get into new relationships? Like if you're not talking about money or you're not talking about credit, I mean, I don't know. Like I just have a different mentality where if we're going to go out on a date, and then it turns into a couple dates 
And if we haven't talked about credit or finances yet, then something ain't right. Because <laughs> you just are, you may fall in love with this person. And now what happens? Yeah. Now love conquers all. Mm-hmm. And then you don't ever have the conversations. And now, you know, you about to say I do. And then you find out this person has like $100,000 in debt somewhere. Ooh. Now, and I know, and I know, I know, Eva, I know you're serious about this because we were just talking and you were telling me how even your son knows, you said, you said, (laughs) if your son brings a young lady home, (laughs) one of the first questions that he's going to have to (laughs) report to mom is, uh, what's your credit score? (laughs) You best believe it is. Yes. My kids, especially my oldest, you know, he's 19 and man, the things it's, that's a whole nother podcast, but he came into the office yesterday as I'm doing work and he started talking about, you know, his nine to five job and how if he just learned this certain thing and got really good at it, it would take him less time to make more money than the hours he's putting in at his job. And I'm like, proud mama moments. Mm, that's right. Hallelujah. Amen. But, but, Yes, he knows. He knows what our standards are. Like, we are a financial household. Like, whoever comes in this house that is trying to be son's girlfriend better know what she's in for. <laughs> but yeah, no, he, he, it's so funny because we'll have random conversations and he'd be like, yeah, she don't got a credit score, mom. You got to teach her. And I'm like, let's go. Mm-hmm. Or some other of his friends are like, yeah, his credit shot. I'm like, dude, he's barely 19. What did he do? <laughs> yeah, you just got to have these conversations. Um, it's a tough one. It's yeah. a tough one. You know, people will talk about anything under the sun, mm-hmm. no matter how uncomfortable it is, but nobody wants to talk about money or credit. Well, I mean, I guess because, you know, in some circles, in a lot of ways, it's kind of been taboo. Um, True, And then also, I think, you know, <laughs> stereotypically, you know, uh, uh, society or communities that have struggled with money, um, you know, tend not to have uh, great credit, you know, for yeah. various reasons. And, and we, what we realize mostly is because of a lack of education. It's not because of anybody's uh, propensity to, you know, not pay their bills or because they're just not responsible. Like all that's just bullcrap. We know that. Right. But the the truth is, is that we're just not educated. We just don't know. Like no mm-hmm. one was teaching us these things. And um, unfortunately, you know, we end up in situations where uh, we get judged by it, you know, um, you know, sometimes unfairly. But um, when we're talking about couples, though, kind of back to what we were talking about, I do understand what you're saying, even though it does seem kind of funny to me to, to have that be, you know, part of the, the, the conversation over dinner is like, you know, so, so uh, <laughs> what's, what's your credit looking like these days? Um, but fair, fair enough, because mm-hmm. to your point, um, you know, when you get into a relationship, right, and you guys are starting to make these decisions, you're, especially if you decide to get married and have kids. and Yeah, build a life together. A lot of it what is. What if you have these dreams of like, you know, I don't know, traveling, yeah. takes credit cards to book some rental cars and airfares yep. or, or buying a house yep. or even putting your kids through college. All of that takes credit. And if you're going to build a life with somebody, why aren't people having these conversations? And if they're having these conversations, 
are and the and the situation isn't good, how are you getting help in those situations? Yeah. So let's let's get going? into it. Let's get mm-hmm. into it. Let's get into it a little bit. Okay. So first thing I we got to know, and I, this is one of I guess one of the I don't know mistakes or maybe not or I don't know, but we'll just let's get into it. First things first. What's the difference between uh, just so folks are clear, a joint account and someone being like an authorized user and, you know, having a card and having their name on the account. How is, how is all of that in the context of couples and, and, and what, what do you think is the best approach? Absolutely. So an authorized user basically means the other person has permission to use the account. Their name is on the account just to either swipe the credit card and use it or call and obtain very little information about the account. Like, I want to make a payment. What's the minimum payment due? Can I pay it? They don't have access to ordering a card without your permission. They don't have access to making any permanent changes to the account, like no address changes, nothing like that. And most importantly, they are not financially responsible for that account. Mm. So they can charge up the account and make it rain. But when it comes to collecting, the creditors coming after the individual account, Mm. the individual whose name was on the account. Now, when you open up a joint account that is between you and somebody else or you and several individuals, when you open up a joint account, you both are equally financially responsible for that account 100%. Now, here's what a lot of people are confused with is a co-signed account. Well, his name is first and I was just the co-signer. So they're only going to go after him. False. Mm -hmm. You're a co-signer. Your name is equally on that account as equal as that other person. They're going to come after both of you. It doesn't matter whose whose name is first, second, third, fourth in line, joint accounts, co-signed accounts, you are all financially responsible for that account. Hey, quick break here. Sorry to interrupt the podcast. We'll get you right back to it. We just want to spend a few seconds to talk about the Empower You financial group on Facebook. This is Eva's private Facebook group where she gives free tips, tricks, and strategies to improve your financial situation. Join the over 1,000 plus member community and see the success stories of people just like you who want to live life on their own terms. Come laugh with us, tell your story, and share your victories. Just search Empower You Financial in Facebook and join our free private group. Oh, and be sure to invite a friend. So is another way to look at a co-signer as like collateral to the lender? Absolutely. Okay. Heck yeah. You're basically saying um, if this person isn't qualified on their own, they bring in a co-signer as almost like a collateral to say, so look at their profile, but in addition, look at mine and maybe my income and or my credit score will kind of tip the, you know, 
tip it in our favor for the bank to say, okay, I'm, I'm willing to take this risk on you because I know if you don't do right, uh, person number one, person number two is saying that they got your back. by Exactly. And we can okay. go after them too. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So now that we have all that clear, how do we approach this thing? Like, you know, like I, I, I think that there's, I can't even imagine there's so many different scenarios, you know, where you're talking about credit cards, building credit, getting a house, car, all these different things. What, what's the best way to approach it when you're in a couple, you know, and you're, and you're together, you you know, and you figure, Hey, we're going to be together for life and yeah. join our lives together. Um, but how do you do that in a way that makes sense? And how do you do that in a way that kind of protects you just in case things go left? Yes. Yes. So, so first let's start, let's start with, you know, getting into the relationship and many people think, okay, I'm marrying this person. Now that we're married, everything we got to do is joint. We, whatever we do, we got to open it up as a joint account. I don't know who instilled that in anyone's brains, but no, you don't have to do it that way. Just because you're married don't mean you have to do everything joint. Perfect example, Will and I, granted, we started young and we built credit, you know, at the same time. Anyways, he has his own account. We do not have a joint credit card. What? Our house is joint. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) You, know, you guys do not have a joint credit card? Not one? Not one of our accounts is a joint credit card. Huh. Okay. Cosign? Not one of our I mean, car loans is a joint car loan. Co-signed? No. Why? <laughs> okay. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> just, just asking. Okay. All right. Continue. I'm sorry. The so not one. The only thing that is joint is our, is our house, our properties. Okay. That's it. Now, what's the reason? So people like, you know, maybe, and I don't know if you're saying this is the right way to do it or not, but what's your reason for kind of setting it up that way? So my reason, and if you take it way back when a couple of, you know, podcasts ago was, remember how I said we, we started a financial life where we built a life off of one person's income. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. Same thing when it comes to credit and finances. If you keep things separate and one person gets in trouble, the mm. other person doesn't go down for the crime either. <laughs> so in other words, okay, you know, spouse, this is how we're managing our finances. And that's another thing. Like everybody's like, which way is the right way to do this? It really just depends on your personalities, you know? And, and my hubby, you know, thank you, hallelujah, was blessed with an amazing man who lets me handle the finances. <laughs> and I'll tell him, I'm like, you take the reins here. Like if you wanted, he's like, nope, this is your, this is your lane. <laughs> and, um, I'm blessed that he allows me to do it, but long story short, it really comes down to protecting in a worst case scenario. And that's sometimes I kind of live crazy like that is I live in a wonderful worst case scenario where to happen, 
what's our exit strategy? Mm-hmm. So yeah, he has his own credit cards. I've got my own credit cards. You know, the money comes into an account that's not joined. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. <laughs> Time out. Hold on. You're talking about the the checking. You talking that's what you mean by that? The checking mm-hmm. account? Yeah. Whoa, okay, hold on. That sounds like a whole other podcast. Because <laughs> I understand, I can understand credit, you know, in terms of, the, you know, I understand that. Like, I haven't really heard too many people talk about, you know, credit being separate or together. But the checking account, that's usually, from what I hear, from what I hear, maybe it's just how I grew up, universally <laughs> has been <pretty> much <laughs> a shared thing. But you're saying no go in the Palacio home. <laughs> we do not have a joint bank account. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Now, and, and, here, and here's the thing. I mean, I don't know. You know, some people may be like, well, what the heck? Like, you guys are married. You should be doing everything together. I'm just very strategic. It may take a little bit more work, but I'm okay with doing more work to protect our home. Mm-hmm. What do I mean by that? You know, his income goes to his bank account. My income goes to my bank account. It's all of our money at the end of the day. It don't matter whose bank account is what. True. I have access to all the account information. He's got access. Like there's nothing hidden. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter like whose money goes where and what account. What matters is when the money comes in, all the bills get paid. Certain monies go towards savings. Certain monies goes towards investing. Like we have this this plan Mm -hmm. and we stick with it because it works. But long story short, if anything ever goes south and he makes a financial mistake, I can 100% feel confident that that mistake is only going to be on him or vice versa. Mm -hmm. If I make a financial mistake, I would feel really crappy if it fell on him, Mm -hmm. which is why we keep everything individual in our household. Well, it sounds like to me too that you're you know, once again, you, you kind of mentioned kind of preparing for the worst. Mm-hmm. But in the event that, let's say your credit is not where it needs to be, having another individual that is your partner that has the same exact interests as you, same goals and trying to achieve the same thing that is qualified, I can see how that could be a benefit. You yep. know, just think if you guys were trying to buy, you needed to buy a car. And, you know, maybe just for whatever reason, one person's credit wasn't in the best position to get the best rate, but the other person's was. And the other person, based on their own merit, could qualify by themselves. Yep. Why not do that? I think that makes sense now. And as you say it that way, that that, that totally makes sense. Whereas in in like working to build up each other individually so that each other stands strong. And and your sense of independence is there, but as a married couple. I mean, you know, knock on wood and, you know, all blessings. We don't know what's going to happen 10, 20, 50, 40, 80 billion years from now. Mm -hmm. But if you guys are both 100 in your finances and super comfortable with doing things together, but separate, if anything goes wrong, I don't know, God forbid, you know, there's a breakup. You're not 
your options aren't limited to bankruptcy because of something that you were never taught in the early stages of your relationship. Yeah. Well, I can see that because now that you say it that way, I could imagine, you know, and this is just, I'm not saying, you know, I've experienced this directly, but I could just imagine how if your credit is tied to someone else's, if your finances are tied and they're all interwoven mm-hmm. and things aren't going very well and you're wanting to exit for whatever reason, mm-hmm. you may not be able to. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. everything's tied together. So you don't really have anything separate to stand on your own. And guess what? A divorce decree does not supersede the initial contract that you signed between you and the creditor. Mm. And that's something else that people don't realize. Oh, I'm getting a divorce. That person's getting this. I'm getting this. Oh, they're 100% liable for the debt. Oh, no. If that debt is joint, the judge's job is to mediate the situation and implement certain guidelines and rules and duties. But at the end of the day, do you think that credit card company cares what the judge says? Credit card company looks at the paperwork and says, who can I go after? What names and socials? Mm -hmm. Now, granted, if the debt is joint and let's say the other person was assigned to it by the divorce judge and the creditor attempts to go after them and they're like, I ain't paying it. Creditor then comes after you. You could, because maybe you want to protect your credit, you could pay the debt and then turn around and sue by getting a judgment suing your ex and now collecting the money back. But how much more time? How much more legal fees, how much more headaches is all of that going to take when had you just not done joint accounts to begin with? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, well, it sounded like to me, like joint is just, you know, not the way to go. Could you ever imagine a scenario where, you know, that is the way to go? I mean, it sounds like mortgages. Yeah. Assets. Okay. Assets. (laughs) Got it. Joint when there's something of value, Mm. something that is going to grow money, something that is going to have an investment that actually grows equity. Those are the accounts you want to be proudly joined on. Mm -hmm. Put my name on the liabilities. Put my name on that one, please. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we ain't doing this unless my name is on that one. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Yeah, so that's an interesting thing too, because what you just said there, what I'm hearing, I want to make sure our audience heard that. You just said that credit cards, essentially, you just said that credit cards are liabilities. Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So break down what a liability is for those that are are, you know, not intimately familiar with the term. A liability is anything that's gonna cost you money. Lose money. I mean, hmm. That's like the simplest way I can explain it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think that sometimes people get confused with that. And, and I'm just, you know, just trying to, you know, 
you know, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, just kind of speak from the perspective of folks who aren't, you know, experts in this. Right. Because when you think about credit, we, you know, we're, we're, we're constantly being told, you know, to get credit cards, right? To get credit cards, yeah. to build our credit. And, and we use it as a tool um, so that we can demonstrate how well we spend money, how well, how well we manage our money. And it allows us to, you know, basically leverage uh, what we don't have to get things yes. that we may want, you know. That's the key. You build credit to leverage to get you the bigger things that are called assets. Mm. Okay. So now, you know, you're starting to bring me back to our previous podcast, Lender, Not the Borrower. So there's yes. that, that kind of that balance, that transition of, you know, before you can get to the part where you're the lender, mm-hmm. there's going to be some, you know, some borrowing, some strategic borrowing that you have to do to kind of get there. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting though, because I don't think a lot of people do think of credit cards as liabilities. I think that, um, you know, they see it as free money. Yeah, well, I I can tell you this: (laughs) that platinum MX came to my house. (laughs) Got you feeling some type of way. Got a little pep in your step, man. It was a titanium joint. Um, That thing was like thick. Oh man, I, you couldn't tell me nothing. You couldn't tell me. <laughs> and then when it when it said no limit on it, I said, "Oh, that's oh, dangerous." Man. It was. It, it was actually. Mm-hmm. It was dangerous. And um, I will reluctantly do that again. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, the thing is, like, and that's the thing. Like, you, you got to get fooled. You and you don't really know, and you think that you're, you know, because here's the other thing too. So, you have established. I think the last time we checked, it was like over $160,000 in available credit. $169,000. Who's counting? That's right. I am because I want to hit $200,000. Woo! See, amazing (laughs) stuff. So now what you're telling us, you're telling the, the, the podcast listeners, you're telling us that's all you. That's not, that's not the Palacios household. That's just Eva. Yeah. Oh, I wow. should count up Wills. I should count up. He's got some really good ones. Wow. He's got one that has like a $25,000 limit and a $20,000 limit. So that's 45 right there. Wow. Yeah. I got to go back and see what he has. But yeah. So yeah. what that says to me is that your household, you know, uh, God forbid anything happens, but you have uh, basically positioned yourself so that should emergencies arise or certain things, you guys have some leverage to, you know, kind of manage those things, whether it be helping out your family, your kids, right. yourselves. That's, that's, that's pretty powerful. Wow. And when you have those available options to choose from, it makes the decision-making process for us a lot easier. And I think that is super duper important is to create a life by design because when you have a design or you create a blueprint, you know how to move. You know how to shift when the economy crashes, when you lose your job, when there's an illness and no income is coming in or whatever happens. When you, ha- when you build it the right way with the right information, you have better options to choose from. And that's super important because we all know the biggest financial mistakes are made from those who were not prepared. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's so, okay. So kind of bringing it all back, basically what you're saying is uh, when it comes to couples and money, well, at least credit, we'll say credit, 
because we didn't yes. get into the whole yeah, because money is a big part. That's a, that's a whole nother other couples episode that we will do. Yeah, couples and credit. Uh, when we talk about credit, it sounds like to me like the general rule of thumb is is that when it comes to um, things like liabilities um, that we do not do joint and or cosign if we can right. we can avoid that that we try to avoid those things. Yes. Um, however, when it comes to uh, assets, homes, and investments, those are the things that you know can be joint or should be joint. Definitely. And let me add to that. They should be joint because depending on what state you reside in, there are community property laws. In California, we're a community property state. So even if those assets were not in both names, should it ever get to a divorce, California will still rule in your favor because it's a community property state. Any debts or assets acquired while married belong to each other. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. even more so, if you're not in a community property state, then yes, you want to be sure your name is on the assets because Mm -hmm. that's the only thing that's going to protect you. Yeah. And I can imagine too, even in some of those scenarios where... um, you know, someone may be saying, well, I would have put my name on it, but my credit wasn't good enough. Like, you know, maybe my credit was score was lower, his was higher or hers was higher. And that's why we just put it in one person's name because we wanted to get it. Yeah. But if you're not, you know, you could be shooting yourself in the foot potentially. That's why it sounds like it makes a lot of sense to make sure that you as an individual, that your credit, whether you are the husband or the wife, uh, whichever role you play in the partnership, you need to make sure that you are okay. Absolutely. And if it is that situation to where you can't do it because your credit's shot, so you got to rely on the other person, okay, that's okay for that moment. But let the next step be to improve your credit situation so that you're not relying on the other person. Mm. Let's create that independence within so that you guys can just have things separately. You know, there, I mean, lately with, you know, everything that's crazy, a lot of people are buying real estate and I don't know like what in the world is going on, but there are some couples that only one person is buying the house because they can qualify income and credit. And I'm like, that is dope. You want to know why? Because if that one person qualifies for, let's just say a first-time homebuyer situation, and they can solely qualify for that house by themselves, guess what? The spouse can go and do it on their own if they qualify too. And now they got two houses. Mm. Some people feel some type of way. Wait a minute. I'm not on the loan. Is it really my house? The loan is one thing. Being on the deed means you are also owner. So after you buy the house, you can just add your spouse or whomever to the deed. And now you're both owners of the property. Hmm. But again, it's the whole liability, asset situation. There's a lot more moving parts to income ratios and things like that. But if you can do it, then do it. Because then 
should you want to buy, you know, investment property number one or another property besides your primary, now the debt to income ratio doesn't fall on both of you because one of you is already doing something else. Now it's going to come on the other person. It's all about strategy. Got to be smart when doing things. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, I think that, I mean, it's amazing to hear. I think that, um, you know, I can't speak for other people, but you know, that's, that's the, that's the cool thing about this podcast, because I feel like even you drop things that, you know, we haven't heard, you know, and that, like I said, I'm about to be 40. Nobody's there's talking still, about it. There's stuff you say. I'm just like, I ne- no one has ever said this to me. Like, you know, okay, like now we're changing what? the game plan. We're yeah. It's like, let's change, let's change this up. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, huh. Wow. Okay. So once again, lots of good stuff, valuable information. Um, I, um, man, I feel like we could talk about this some more. I think we're going to come back to this one. I think that there's more to unpack, especially when it comes to couples and money. Um, So we're going to, you know, this one's couples and credit, but couples and money was a little bit different. I think there's so much more to unpack. So uh, with that said, um, I think we're going to go ahead and start to wrap this up. But I want to make sure that before we go, um, we got to give you one last opportunity to just, you know, let the folks know, um, you know, when they're approaching relationships, they're involved, uh, you know, hey, they, they, they're committed, love each other. Um, they want to make sure that their lives are tied to each other, you know, till death do us part, right? Um, with that said, what's the strategy? How should we approach this when it comes to credit? Because we're learning now that there's a, there's a, a good way to do that in a, in a way that is not so good. Um, right. Yeah. You know, I want to start with saying my most favorite consultations are my couples consultations. I have such a great time just seeing how certain couples really have it together and how some couples don't. And the ones, and regardless if they do or they don't, just being able to shed some golden nuggets like this really gets their wheels turning. And it really gets them to thinking like, why didn't, like, why are we doing what we're doing? Who taught us this way? Let's switch it up some. Just because you're married, your love for one another does not, is not defined by having these joint accounts. (laughs) Like you're married, you love, you said I do, you are good. In my personal and professional opinion, If you can do things independently from one another, have your own separate accounts, I promise you there's going to be a a time in your lives where doing it that way, it's going to reward you so much. And it's not because, okay, as protection in case we ever get separated, but again, you got to think on that next level. You got to think of things like, if I want to buy a house, or if I want to invest in real estate, or if I want to do just the bigger and better things that the wealthy are doing, this is the best way to get started. All right. Well, thanks again, Eva. And thank you guys for listening. We will see you on the next episode. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Empower You Financial with Eva Palacios. 
One of the things that Eva enjoys most about being in personal finance is seeing people win. So if you are looking to improve your credit score because you are ready to make a major purchase, get better rates, or start living life on your own terms, visit Eva at evaempowers.com and schedule a consultation with her so you too can live life empowered.